love me? Well, then you'll feed my sheep. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We find ourselves back in John chapter 21, starting at verse 15. It's the restoration of Peter, and along the way, we glean a lesson or two ourselves. Join us for a message called, Do You Love Jesus Christ? Here on today's broadcast of Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our teacher and pastor now. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. Take care of my sheep. Shepherd them, Peter. And he did the rest of his life. You know, one of the hard things uh, to get, especially if you don't have any kinfolks around you, I think of my daughter back in Carolina, Elizabeth. Uh, There's some of his family there, but like in their babysitting situation, it's hard to get a babysitter. They don't want strangers babysitting. Do you know what I mean, mothers? They don't want just anybody coming in the house and taking care of their children. So sometimes they take the kids everywhere, and we're not going to risk our kids. Now, can you imagine Jesus saying, I'm going back to heaven, Peter, and I'm going to trust you to take care of my children. Somebody watches over his flock. Could there be any greater trust God could ever put in Peter than saying, take care of my people? You know, he says in 1 Corinthians 12, we ought to have the same care for one another. The same. This isn't a papal assignment. He's not making him the pope. Because he goes over to 1 Peter and says, you ought to shepherd the flock. He goes over to Acts 20, you ought to shepherd the flock. And it wasn't just a papal prerogative. He never did become a pope. He became a shepherd. Elders are the shepherd. Take care of my people. See, when you love Jesus Christ, you will care about his people. Because the more you love Christ, the more that love will overflow onto his people. You hear some people say, I love Jesus, I just can't stand Christians. I love Jesus, I can't stand church. Well, there's a good reason. Jesus is easy to love. Christians are sometimes cantankerous. Christians sometimes act like goats. They don't always act like sheep. You get in the sin nature, there's no telling what any of us are liable to do. Jesus is wonderful. His sheep get dirty. His sheep get hungry. His sheep go wayward. It's a lot of work to take care of a flock. And I thank God for the many men and women that help in this flock. I think of caring for the body. We got a sister in this church who's been fighting cancer for 10 to 15 years and started a ministry to shut-ins and people battling cancer. So she's got six people she feeds every week and was doing it out of her own pocket and uh, trying to get drivers and trying to get people to help. I know because I've been at my brother Paul's and Peggy when she showed up to bring the evening meal. This is a single woman fighting cancer herself and going around and bringing meals each evening to someone shut in from cancer. We ought to be bringing you a meal. She said, it's just a way I could care for God's people. Well, well, we didn't even authorize that. You didn't even get board approval. Never did ask for it. <clears throat> it. 
You know, when I first started this church, I had people came to me every other week telling me another ministry we need to start. We need to start this. We need to start. Now, you know, I, I, I'm doing about six Bible studies a week, and they're telling me more, oh, we need a youth group. We didn't have a youth group. We didn't have a church hardly. Oh, we need this. You know, we need nursery. You know, you know we need, oh, yeah. I said, well, boy, go ahead and start it. May God use you. Oh, no, my burden is for you to start it. Oh, oh. Do you have a burden to teach the Word like I do? Well, no, anybody can do that. No, no, I don't think so. I'm going to do what God called me to do. When are you going to find out what God wants you to do? And do it. Do it. Another thing. He goes on to tell Peter, you know what? I not only want you to feed my people, but I'm announcing your martyrdom. You said you'd die with me. And when he, this word, you, they will stretch out your hands, was a term used of crucifixion. And John goes ahead to clarify, Christ wasn't just talking, you're going to become an old man that needs to be led around. He's prophesying his martyrdom. You're, you're going to be stretched out, Peter, and you're going to die. You're going to die for me. And then he tells him, keep following me. And I love Peter. He never loses his humanity. Because they're walking along, Jesus and Peter, and all of a sudden Peter picks up. There's another one following. It's John. And, and so Jesus is just announced, I want you to suffer, and I'm going to let you die a martyr's death like you said you would die for me. And all of a sudden, Peter said, well, what about him? What are you going to do for him? Well, he's not included. I'm the only one going to die? No, I didn't say that. But, but if he lives until I come again, what's that to you? You follow me. You follow me. Don't worry about what I'm going to do to the rest. You just follow me. And so... I think of how we show our love. A love for Christ will result in obedience. He said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. If you love me, you'll do what I say. John 14. If you, let me say this. When it comes to Jesus Christ, if you don't love him enough to obey, you don't love him. A love that will not obey is a love that is not true. It's just not, you know, it reminds you of some of these blues. Oh, baby, baby, you know I love you, but I got Lucille on the side. Wait, wait. You mean the I love you? No, that's just your line. You're just trying to get her to bed. You don't love her. You're just lying to her to get what you want. Baby, baby. But I got Lucille on the side. You don't love him. You don't love him. You want to use him. You want to sweet talk him. Because Jesus said, there's going to be a crowd that shows up before me that know all the right names. They, they actually rattle off, Lord, Lord, you know what? We actually prophesied, yet we cast out a few demons in your name. You know us. He said, I don't know you boys. How can Jesus, who's omniscient, not know someone? He says he knows us in 1 Corinthians. He said, those of you that love God are known by God. And the word known, it comes from a Hebrew word, yada, that was used this way. And Isaac went into the tent and he knew his wife. Now the word knew 
is a euphemism for conjugal relationships. It's the modesty of the Old Testament talking about sex. He knew her. He was intimately acquainted. And it's the word God used when he said, you, Israel, of all the nations of the world, are the only one I've ever known. Uh, not omniscient. I know everything there. I've entered into an experiential knowledge of you because I made a contract with Abraham, and I know you like I know none of the Gentile nations. And when it comes over to us, I know my own. My sheep, I know. This is intimate knowledge. This is not, I know just omniscient. He knew everything about a Hitler. He knows everything about every unsaved, but he doesn't know me as his own. He said, if you love me, it's proof I know you intimately. You're mine. He knows you. And so you have to answer, Lord Jesus, you know me. You can see through you know who I'm sleeping with. You know what I'm lying about. You know if I'm telling the truth. You know if I'm denying you on the job. You know if I'm playing church, if I'm a phony. You know I'm just using God talk, but I don't obey you. I don't follow you. You don't love him. Quit lying to yourself. Don't go to hell on your own lies. Stop lying. When has he become Lord? When do you love him enough that you will obey? Until you obey, you don't love. No, no. All this other phony baloney, talk religion. It's not worth a dime, and you'll go to hell on it. There is a difference when you come to know him. I love these testimonies. I was visiting with my sister the other night. Saw her husband, and so we went by to see sis, and we were talking and just talking old times, different things came up. And all of a sudden, in the conversation, she said, Oh, I know when you got saved. Oh, you did? How? You little brat, you changed. You this, you did that. My sister Hazel used to always say about Paul, he saved at nine years of age in Niles Canyon, and he was a little get-in-trouble guy all the time, she said. And, oh, they would spat, have their sibling rivalry, whatever. She said, I knew when he came back from that meeting that night and prayed with my Uncle Frank and my dad and received Jesus. She said, God changed that nine-year-old boy. I'm sick and tired of hearing people say they're born again, but nobody knows they changed. You didn't change because you weren't saved. You just raised your hand, but you weren't regenerated. You went forward, but you weren't saved. I know about going forward and never being saved. I did it four or five times. But I'd be cussing within a week. It wore off. But I'll tell you, I made one trip that finally took 15th and cutting and 58. It took. And even a sister could tell that the brat and the punk was changing. God changes whom he saves. If he doesn't change you, you haven't met him. He's the change agent. But I didn't mean for this to be so convicting in church. Those who know Christ and love him will love his people. He said, love one another like I've loved you. 
I love it when you're close to God. It will pour over on me. When a guy's getting along with God, you're safe. If he and God are at odds, watch out. Watch out. He says that in John. Uh, look at the six, the rivals in our day for our love for God. Lovers of self. Atheists often say, there's no God above me, so I love me. And we got all this literature, self-esteem and the love me literature. God never told us to love ourselves. He just assumed that we were already in love with ourselves. It's getting us to be in love with him. That's the challenge. Then you've got lovers of money. And uh, 1 Timothy 6 says, if you love money, there's two dangers. Two dangers. You either become conceited that you have money, and he says that, or he says you put your hope in money. You put your hope in money. I've just, you know, I've read for years, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, I used to read that when I was young and broke. All the time I said, boy, I'd sure like to find out what it is. I'd sure like for that to happen. And what reminds me, I just went through a thing this week, wasn't planned. And and I'm just showing that, do you love money or do you use it for God? Why does God give you money? So you get a third car and another boat? I'll give you an example. You know, I was raised by folks that were uh, poor Okies and not welcome in California because uh, they don't want white trash in their state. And uh, I was at Kaiser this week. I told the first time, I just, I'm just telling you, it just happens that God just showed me that he's given me something to use it for him. And, and I was at Kaiser this week at the pharmacy. And uh, I'm waiting in line, a lot of folks. And this elderly black gentleman I put him, uh, to me, as, as feeble as he was walking, I put him 80. Uh, he, was, he was very feeble. He was uh, frail, thin, and, and he just had a shuffle when he went up like that. And when he got up there, the guy was having a little time with him because he, he seemed to be Thinking wasn't easy. Age, sickness, befuddled. He just wasn't clear. And I'm watching this, and um, he gets up there, and for some reason they wanted him to sit down again. There was so much medicine to get. And uh, so he sat down, and finally... I'm called, and, but before that, they called him up again, and the register said $290. That's what his medication's going to cost. Now, I figured this man, as old as he looked, had to be on Social Security, and I'm sure he didn't have a 401K. I'm just sure. He's too old, I think, to have even had it around, probably. But he gets up there. Now, while he comes to the front, I'm over here. 
Mr. Howard, that'd be $9.60. Okay, I get it. And, and they're in this discussion, and the old man is fumbling, trying to get it. And then the guy said, well, you'll have to leave everything here that you can't afford. You need to leave that. Um, and so the old gentleman was going through and going to get some. And I'm telling you, the Lord said, you got an agape fund. You, you, you know, you got that place you've hid from Carolyn for years. <laughs> you got that place. I learned it from David, see. You've got to hide the money. And uh, I said, but Lord, I sure could get another pair of shoes. I only got 10 pair. You know, preacher can't go barefooted. You got to look cool in this church. They got high expectations. Because you got so many black brothers out dressing you, you got to dress up. So, you know. You need to get a little fancier. And so, I'm telling you, I looked in there. And would you believe there's a $100 bill? And then there was more money. I stepped up to that clerk. I said, this gentleman needs his medication. Let's pay for it, okay? Let's just take care of it. Because he's worth it. He's worth it. Well, let me tell you. I couldn't give it if I didn't have it. That was just my little, my on-site agape fund. I didn't even go to the church for that. Some of you folks, you'd be amazed at what God might do with you if you had an agape fund on you. The agape fund starts in your heart. Because God said, do you remember when Frank Griffith bought you breakfast every morning in San Francisco because you landed in San Francisco with $5 to your name and you drove from Livermore and you didn't have enough money to buy breakfast. And every morning, if I got there in time, he said, let's go to Zim's and waffles never looked better. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been broke enough you needed someone to help you? Have you ever been broke? No, you kids don't know it. You don't know what I'm talking about. We know. And I got, it times got better. I'm the baby. Hallelujah. They started living high on the hog. Man, they were in the projects. Harborgate. Hallelujah. Boy, we were uptown. We thought that was great. Even if my folks had dynamite boxes for furniture. You didn't know white folks got that poor, did you? They do. You brats. You materialistic, self-centered Americans. When will we see needs, anoint our eyes to see needs? To see needs. You don't need a committee. You don't need a deacon. And you don't need an elder. God just needs you. Just you. Do you love Jesus? Don't, don't ask if I love him. Do you? He will make you not love money, but love the only thing that's eternal, human beings. And they're the dirtiest, the failingness. Money doesn't fail you, you know. It's people that hurt you. Oh, yes. And people is the only thing he died for. He didn't die for money. He died for people. Well, 
all these rivals, Demas left the faith because he fell in love with the world. I see people, it's a strain to serve God. God says, if it's a strain, why don't you try the world? You can't believe how they'll wear you out. And they'll damn your soul. It is a privilege to love Jesus. And I just ask you, do you love him? Let's imagine, if we could, we're going to take communion. And I want communion time to be uh, just you and the Lord. And... uh, this cup representing his poured out life for you. And this bread, his stooping from a throne to a manger. And the only issue you really need to answer in this life, your whole future is tied up, because here's a promise. Hear this promise. All things will work together for your good if you love the Lord. I love to say this. I think my own family and my friends, they've always got to bang. I'm the Mr. Magoo of the family. Yeah, I love to go places with Rich Rollins because he's Mr. Plan Freak. You didn't have to worry. All you had to do is get in the car. He had everything planned. Every, every stop, everything. I said, man, I just ride in the car, get there. Or it's like traveling with Ron Hughes. He, he's got all the bases covered. Me, if I get home with my underwear, I just cry. It's a good trip. Good trip. You know, but these, but these planning freaks, I mean, and like Ron Hughes, he said, man, you don't plan a trip, but 10 days ahead, he's got his, all of his trips planned six months out. I said, man, I got a good fare. He said, I don't know how you do it, Mr. Magoo. I said, just keep loving the Lord and You'd just be amazed what he can do. But you aren't, you, I know, I know. But everything is working for my good. I said everything. All I got to answer, I love you, Lord. I love you. I didn't say I knew the path. I didn't say I knew anything. I just said I'm yours. And some of you strategists, failures, ought to first fall in love with him and let him start drawing the map. And you just will be amazed how far you'll get with a shepherd like Jesus. Because don't forget, you're still a sheep. Preachers, I wish the place was full of preachers. Because my dad, I could just hear him, when did you quit being a sheep? Never. I need a shepherd. I've got one. I don't wait on any man in this church to pastor me. I ain't waiting to be pastored. I've got a pastor in the third heavens, and he's been shepherding me all my days. So when human shepherds fail you, you've got one that can't fail. He can't fail. Taken from John chapters 20 and 21, our series is called Life Forever in Christ. It's the epilogue based out of John 20 and 21. The entire series available for a donation of $10 or more when you contact us here at Truth For Today. 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. If you would like to contact us to obtain a copy of today's program, or if you would like to donate $10 or more for the entire series, you can do so by calling 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, that's here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Again, that's 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code 94547. If you'd like to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our service times are at 9 and 11. Directions and more information are available on our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. Or simply call 855-833-9864. And please, remember that this is a listener-supported ministry. Through your donations and your generous support financially and prayerfully, we're able to continue this ministry here on KFAX. We look forward to partnering with you as we continue the ministry of God's Word and the Gospel of Christ here in the Bay Area. If you'd like to know more about how you can participate, help, and be a part of the ministry, feel free to call us at 855-833-9864 or simply stop by our website, valleybible.org, and drop us an email. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Hercules.